0: Okay, so if you got your Bibles with you, um, we're going we're gonna to hit some of these passages a little later, so I'll give you a heads up. We're looking at John chapter 10 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So if you got your Bibles with you, i uh, give you a couple of seconds to turn to those things, those chapters, and when we get to them, uh, we'll, we'll read together. Um, let me just open us up in a word of prayer. And uh, I'm going to give us a moment of silence, I'm going to give us uh, a chance to uh, really center or settle ourselves and, you know, say, God, speak, speak. Um, I'm reminded of that story in, uh, of, of Samuel and his calling. Do you remember that story where he was, he was a teenager, we don't exactly know uh, what was going on, he's sort of helping his, uh, his, his rabbi to sleep, Eli, right, he goes, goes to bed and he hears a voice and he thinks it's Eli calling him and he goes, hey, what do you want, right? And then he goes, no, I didn't call you. Goes back to sleep, hears the voice again. Goes back, what do you want? No, and, and Eli realizes, hey, God might actually be speaking to this kid. So he says, okay, the next time you hear this voice, say, Lord, It is I, your servant, what is it that you want? And I want us to come with that posture this morning, hearing the word of God, Lord, your servant, we're here, servants, we're here, what is it? So let's bow in a word of prayer with that in mind. Father, we we don't just want to give you our worship, we want to give you ourselves, we want to give you our attention. We want to place before you our lives, our future. Take and do with it as you please. Father, as we engage in your word, as we engage in what you're doing here at Forest Brook. We give you the glory because it's, it's you and only you, God. Um, I know that we humanly could not do what you're doing. And so we rely on you knowing that it is you who make all of these things come to pass. It is you who changes our lives. It is you who connects us together. It is you who give us purpose. And so Father, I pray that you speak into the lives today who need to hear that this morning. I pray against all the voices of this world. I pray against the voices of the enemy who want to say, nah, you know what, you're not good enough. Or no, you know what, you haven't done enough. Nah, you know what, God would not does not have time for you, I pray against those voices and I pray that we hear the pure voice of Jesus through your spirit. I pray, God, that that, if anything, would invigorate our spirits that we may walk out of here new lives, that we may walk out of here motivated not to do more, but, Lord, to see what you call us, to see the identity that you've placed in us. So God, I ask for your Holy Spirit's help this morning as we look at your word and as we hear your word. We bless you and we love you, and I pray all these things in Jesus' amazing name, amen. So we've been on this journey we started last week in this new series that we've called Roots, and what's really interesting about this, um, we talked about prayer last week, and we're going to look through a whole bunch of different things over the next seven or six or seven weeks, is that for Roots, we're not just talking about things that, um, you know, shape us and who we are, because we we spent a whole season talking about the characteristics of what God's people ought to look like. We talked about what God's Spirit does in our our community and what, what... what some of those things would look like as God brings them about. And in this series, what we're actually aiming at doing is to say, what are some of the things that we practice, that we do as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that actually speak into those characteristics? So things like prayer, or things like listening, which we're going to talk about this morning. Next week, Jeff's going to be talking about worship. Many of you think that worship might just be the hour and a half that you spend here uh, at, on Sunday morning, but, you know, there, there's so much more to that. Um, we're going to be talking about, I don't have them all in order, but we're going to talk about the communion table. We're going to be talking about uh, our mission. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of these things that Forestbrook as a church is engaged in, and yet we're going to talk about them from the, from the perspective of how are they actually taking root in our lives? And as they do, what is it that God's actually bringing out? So last week, we talked about prayer, and uh, I was sharing with someone, and I was sharing with someone this. I said, you know, even for this sermon, I had read two really amazing sermons about prayer and listening, and I thought, amazing, I'm going to impress Forestbrook with these sermons. I'm just going to pretend like they're my own, right? Because, I mean, plagiarism, right? Whatever, right? Like, it's, it's, all, it's all God's, right? And the more and more I start to read those sermons, the more and more I start to think, wait a second, Jim, but those are not, those aren't you, right? Like, you, you could talk about them, but you're, you, you're not actually practicing those things. Or those are things that it's great to talk about, but give those people credit for what they're doing, because uh, they're the ones who've experienced that. And as I was sharing with this person, I said, you know, I would rather talk to you about some of the things that I'm learning, some of the things that God has been teaching me, some of the roots that God has been uh, uh, planting in my life, digging even deeper, and I'll tell you, some of that stuff is painful, but the, the more God digs in, the more God puts those things in, I, I'm telling you this uh, from firsthand experience, the, the increasing joy that's in my life knowing that this is who God is and this is who he's made me to be and this is what he wants out of me. Right. And those of you who understand that and, and you understand that it's it's worth the 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 cost. And for those of you who are still figuring that stuff out, it, it's okay because cause what we talked about last week was that God is wooing us. He's wooing us with an invitation into further relationship. God's not asking you to become more religious. He's not saying, you know what, if you pray three times a day, these things will happen. He's not like a telemarketer or, you know, a TV salesman trying to say to you, if you do this, 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 and this, this will happen. What God's doing is he's saying, I really actually am wanting you to come into relationship. These roots that are meant to be planted in your life are characteristics of relationship. And that's what we want to contextualize these roots as. And we talked about how prayer wasn't just asking for things. And I, again, someone, someone uh, last week, and I guess you were listening, said, so you talked about this Greek word. What was the Greek word? And I was like, you know, I was trying not to like say the Greek word because people are like, do we really know Greek? Do we really care? Kind of thing. And so I didn't say anything. And they were like, you didn't really tell us the Greek word, right? Jesus uses this word in Matthew. It's prosukomai. And it's a two-part word, right? There are five different words in prayer. Most of those words are just asking for stuff. It's like, God, I need your help, whatever. Except the word that Jesus uses, just to recap, is to turn to God and then ask. Right? He says, don't be like the hypocrites who say stuff out public and they get their reward because their reward is really to impress people. But you, when you pray, when you prosukomai, right, turn to God and then ask. And we made a case for the fact that prayer wasn't just one-way communicating, asking God for stuff, but really coming into the presence of God, being made into the presence of God, uh, or sorry, being made into the image uh, and character of Jesus. And, and what I really feel about this sermon this morning as we talk about listening is that this really should have been the first sermon. And here's why. In the Scriptures, God always speaks first. In the Scriptures... God always speaks first. Genesis, you and I were not there. We said nothing. God started to speak. Everything that human beings have said in return is a response to God. God has given us that response ability. Therefore, we have the responsibility to respond. So God speaks first, and we speak in return. And so listening this morning as we talk about it, as we dive into the scriptures about listening, is really about coming before God and saying, God, speak. I'll tell you, my prayer life used to be, God, I don't really have much time, but here's my list. I need this, 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 and this, right? Some of you can relate. And Jesus is saying, look, that's, that's okay, because there's four other Greek words for that, right? Ask. That's good. You, want, you should pray. You, you can come. But I want to draw you deeper. And at Forestbrook, we, we, we don't want to challenge you to give you uh, the, the, the surface level of stuff. We want to challenge you and say, dig deep into the ground. What is God building in your life? And God is inviting us. And as we think about listening, this really should have been that first sermon, Because our first posture when we come to God, if we're deepening our relationship with God, should be God. What are you saying? Here's your servant. Speak, for I'm listening. And God does speak. And here's the reason why speaking, God communicating with us, or us listening is important, because when we think about prayer, and this is going to sound like I'm talking about prayer, but I really am talking about prayer and listening, when we think about prayer and a relationship with God, relationships require communication. And in the scriptures, prayer is, is less seen as a monologue as opposed to this dialogue. God speaks, we speak back. We speak, God listens. God speaks, we listen. I guarantee you this, everybody in here who has a friend, whether online or in person or whatever, right, one of the major characteristics of what that friendship or, or what makes up that friendship is some level of communication. If you only have online friends, right, the only way of communicating with them is, what, likes or heart signs or whatever it is the new kids are doing these days or whatever it is. There's some level of communication and interaction. And that's the same picture that we are given uh, in, in the scriptures about God, is that God wants and desires this deep relationship with you. And one of the things, one of the characteristics about that relationship is this ongoing communication with him. But deeper so than that is this ongoing listening relationship where we allow God to speak, speak into our life. Later on, we're going to talk about, so what are some of the ways that God does speak to us? Um, because there are lots of ways. So to our Jewish foreparents, one of the, the, the reasons um, why relationship with God um, was so important and, and why it was characterized by listening uh, to him was because in the Old Testament, if you read throughout all of the Old Testament, when Israel came uh, in the midst of all the different cultures that were around them, the Babylonians, the I'm, I'm losing my mind here, but the Babylonians and the other guys, right? Whoever else they were, right? The unique thing about Israel was that their God was a God that they did not see, but they could hear whereas all the other gods around them were gods that you could see but not hear. Think about that. That is the way, that is the mode by which God chose to have a relationship with his people. And I was thinking about this a little bit more and I thought, why why is this? You know, why did God create us to be in a listening relationship with him? And and as I was thinking about this, I, I thought back to my grandmother and my grandfather who, before they accepted the Lord, um, they, they used to have an idol. And there were times when I used to just peek into their room when they were praying to an idol and I thought, man, this looks ridiculous. Ridiculous. Right? Like, I was a kid, and I thought, I don't understand this. This is kind of foreign. I mean, um, I, I saw this growing up in India, but when, when there was someone close to your family, you, you realize, my goodness, they're, they're talking to a clay statue, right? And I'm not making fun of them. I was just saying, it, it, it seemed really foreign to me. And as I was thinking about this, I wondered why. And, and, and here's why God uh, was so adamant that his people not create any idols, was because an idol was of a created being. You, Someone had to make it. And you cannot have a relationship with something that cannot communicate back. And so God was very much against the fact that if you ever created a, an image of him, right, and worshipped him, because there was no real life behind that. And that's why in scriptures you always have uh, you know, passages where the prophets say, hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Or in Jeremiah, when, when, when God says to his people, call to me and I'll answer you and I'll tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Right, God wants to interact with his people. Right, and, and I'm, let me just put this out there. God is overjoyed when you come to him and you speak to him. But guess what? God has something to say to you. And the things that God has to say to you are life giving, they're identity creating, right? They're they're mission giving, right? They're purpose filling. Right? I mean, just, you could go on about this, right? The point of God is is that the reason I want you to be heard is because the the way I created you with my voice, right, is the same voice that wants to fill you and create even more in your life. And that is the only ability, or that is the only thing that has the ability to do that. There's a uh, great man who just died um, not too long ago, his name is Dallas Willard, wrote this book called Hearing God, Um, and he says this, and I truly, truly believe that this is for all of us. It's quite a lengthy quote, but I'm going to read it for you. He says this, today I continue to believe that people are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to, Rightly understood, I believe that this can be abundantly verified in experience. God's visits uh, to Adam and Eve in the garden, Enoch's walks with God, and the face-to-face conversations with Moses and Jehovah are all commonly regarded as highly exceptional moments in the religious history of of humankind. And aside from their uh, obviously unique historical role, however, they are not meant to be exceptional at all. Rather, they are examples of the normal human life God intended for us. God's indwelling his people through personal experience and fellowship. Given who we are by basic nature, we live, really live, only through God's regular speaking in our souls, and thus by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right? Right? So as I was reading this, I had to take a couple, couple of stabs at it because I was like, this is a lot to chew. It's like putting an entire steak in your mouth and being like, ah, yeah, this is good, right? This is, this is heavy stuff. What he's saying is he goes, look, you can look, at the, you can look at the examples in Scripture of Adam and Eve and Moses and all these characters walking and talking with God. And yes, they're important to tell the story of how God interacts with mankind. But what Dallas Willard is saying is he goes, I believe that that's for everybody. God wants to talk to you. And not just talk to you because he's lonely. He wants to talk to you because his words actually have the life that you need to live. His words are like the battery to what you need. His words are like the life that your shell of a life, if you will, right? Your spirit. All of those things need to be spoken into. That's what he's saying. And that's why he's saying it's absolutely vital for this to happen. So the outcome of this close listening relationship with God is, is an invitation into a deeper relationship, but it's also guidance. It's guidance and into partnership with what God's actually doing and what he's doing in us and in this world. As I was thinking about how to illustrate this, I was on the road and um, I had Liam with me and uh, I, 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 had, I was eating some food, probably not like a great, great thing while I was driving and stuff like that, and I thought... Um, I wasn't on the phone, which is a great habit. I put that stuff away. I'm like, you know, you've got to make a good example, right? Um, so uh, I'm, I'm eating my food. Liam's kind of bugging me, and he's like, Dad, yeah, where, where, you know, you guys, you guys you have kids, you know this stuff, right? It's like, are we there yet? Are we there? We just left, my goodness, you know? Um, and I was thinking, like, okay, my goal is to get from point A to B safely, right? Like, I just need to get there. My focus ought to be on the road, and my focus needs to be to get to that place safely and bring my son safely along, right? And I was thinking about this, and as I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, help me illustrate this. And, and here's, the, here's that, the, the idea. Imagine if all of our life and the purpose of our life was to honor God in this relationship where we interact with God, where we say, God, I'm at your ready to do whatever it is that you want to do. I'm at the ready to hear from you, to have your spirit speak and change my life in such a way that whatever you want me to do, I will do. But I fear that most of us, our purpose in our life is to have a good life, is to provide for our families, is to make as much money as possible, or is to live a comfortable life, or to have, you know, enough when I retire and, uh, you know, into my, my older years. And the big difference is that becomes the guiding road with which we are on. And what I believe God is calling us into this lifelong listening relationship with Him is to say, God, I want to make you the road. Whatever it is that you're doing, All these other things, making money, providing for my family, those are going to be secondary. Those are the things that will come. You will provide as you see fit. Can you imagine if I made the primary thing in that car, eating my lunch? Can you imagine if I made the primary thing in that drive, attending to my son who's back there, who just maybe needs a lesson in patience? What God is saying and inviting us in all of this and throughout the Old Testament as we'll see into these passages that we're looking at is he's saying, look, get into this relationship with me where everything that you do, everything that you are about stems from this place where you are listening, you're hearing from me, you're guided by me. So yes, go to work. I'm not telling you to go not go to work. I'm not telling you to skip school. I'm not telling you to not go to college or university. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is make those the secondary things to the primary thing of being in relationship with God. And as you do that, watch him honor all these things and say, yeah, we'll take care of this. In fact, watch him take you through different places that you never thought you could go. But that comes through time. It comes through relating to God. It comes through learning to listen and be guided by God. See, that's what Israel failed to do. They failed that. And here's the good news about this God is a God of a hundred chances and detours. I could spend all day and probably all week telling you about the things that God has done in my life to turn my life around when things were going the wrong way. I can tell you of things that are going on in my life right now that I need him to turn around, but I'm watching him do it, right? But that comes by inviting by accepting the invitation. That comes by saying, God, I want to give you my life. And and one of the ways we do that is by coming and listening to God. So if you got your Bibles, um, what exactly is is listening? Is it that we sit there and, you know, are inviting God? Like, how do you speak to us, right? before we dive into some of those practical things, um, I want to look at John chapter 10. Uh, John chapter 10, and I was reminded about this passage because um, several months ago, uh, we invited Deb and Elizabeth to uh, do a listening session. Um, I'm not sure if I'm even calling it right, a, a time of listening, and they did a great job teaching about this, and this, they reminded me of this, this passage where in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking about his relationship with his people. And John chapter 10, verse 14 and 16, and later on in verse 27, he says this. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And then in verse 27, he jumps down and he qualifies what does listening actually mean, right? And he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me, right? So what is listening? Is listening just going and is it an activity where we're like, okay, I think I, oh, no, no. For the Jewish person and for the people listening to this passage, uh, listening was equated to obedience, Right? God wasn't just casually talking to people and be like, yeah, in the Old Testament, it's like, hey, man, what's up? How's your day going? Right? Rather, what he was doing is he's saying, look, if we're going to form you into this people that I want you to be, you need instruction, and you need to follow my instruction. See, what's really interesting is, and this, people who, who heard Jesus would have understood this, there was no word for listen and obey. There's no two words. It's the same word. For you to listen meant that you would be obeying. Right? And so for Jesus, when he sang this to people, he says, Look, my sheep, they listen, they understand, they know my voice, and they follow me. Yes, there's tons of commands in the Bible, and there are a lot of great things to shape your life and see what it is that you should be living. But Jesus is saying, look, you who are in relationship with me, you know who I am. I will not ask you to do these things, but these things I will. Right? You ever try to trick someone in your family to to tell them that, yeah, you know, mom or dad did say this, and you're like, there's no way mom would ever say this. You know, you're just trying to get your own way. You're like, there's no way dad would allow me to drive his brand new car, right, kind of thing. We kind of understand that because we have relationship with them. And this is what Jesus is talking about. A shepherd with his sheep, the idea that he knows them, they know his voice, they follow, they steer away from danger. And listening meant, hey, when God speaks to me, I don't just listen, I obey. I follow, I trust God, that the way that he's leading me, no matter how easy or how hard, it's good that I'm able to follow after him. That's the thing. And then we want to jump to 1 Corinthians, and this is the part where I'm super excited about because just of what the implications are, and you'll see this in a second. Paul starts talking about the Holy Spirit. And in verse 6, actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, what Paul's doing is there's a group of people there, they're arguing, and these people really value human wisdom. And Paul's a great person to have this conversation with them because he's like, you know, the, the Michael Jordan of the Jews, you know? Like, he's like the goat, right? For those of you know, the greatest of all time, kind of thing. So it's like he can have this conversation with them. And here's what he says. Right, he comes in and he starts to say about the wisdom that they're also impressed by. Here's here's what he says in verse six, and I'm going to be reading all the way to the end. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would have not crucified the, uh, the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, he's quoting Isaiah here, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Okay, i just going to pause here for a second. Because for us today... One of the greatest aids, one of the greatest helps that we have in listening to God is through the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us and is in each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit is not just in the super spiritual and be like, until you reach that level, you can't hear from God. Or until you reach that certain level, you are of no use to God, right? When we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is ours. But God has revealed it to, to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Okay, keep, keep a note there for a second. For who, man, who among men know the thoughts of man except the man's spirit uh, within him? Right? So basically what he's saying is here he goes, who actually knows what you're thinking about? Only you do. Right? Like as much as you think you may know your friend or your, your spouse or whatever, really the only person who has access to what's going on in here is you. Right? So he's trying to compare this to, to God, right? He goes, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. All right? We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. You getting this stuff? That we may understand what God has freely given us. Like, This is not a small thing, right? This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. This is the part I love right here, this last verse. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Right? Rhetorical question. And then he just smashes this right now. He goes, but we have the mind of Christ. I think you missed that. But we have the mind of Christ. So what Paul's doing here is he's saying, look, I know you think human wisdom is all cool and stuff and you guys are having this dialogue and discussion on how to live and everything. He goes, but those who don't have the Spirit of God, they're not going to understand this. Why? Because the Spirit is active and alive in their lives. And what is the Spirit doing? He's giving you the character and the person of Christ. He's actually developing this in you. He says, we have the mind of Christ. We don't just have thoughts of Christ. You know, they don't just appear once in a while. It's like we have the mind of Christ. So what, what, what I want to contend about listening to God is that God intends to guide us in our life, but God intends to lead us to the people and the places where Jesus would have gone. Why? Because you and I, who've said yes to Jesus have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about listening to God, when we talk about having access to God and saying, God, what is it that you want? What Paul's making a case for here is that there are things that the world will not understand, but that lives inside of you. You have that ability to hear from God. Why? Because His Spirit is in you. Guess what? You are a teacup. God is the ocean. You will not fit the mind of Christ in this lifetime or infinite lifetimes. You need the Holy Spirit to constantly be engaged with you to work out how and when and where that can be an operation. And in order to do that, we have to come and say, God, what is it that you want? Lead me. Guide me. Here I am as a servant. So practically, what does this mean? Um, The only thing I could come up with was invite God to speak. If you've never done this before, invite God to speak to you. I'm going to list out a bunch of things in a few minutes that are really, really big deals about how God can speak to us. But I would say this to you, and you should know me by now, I mean this with absolute love. If we have not created that space where we can go before God, and it's just God and us, the invitation is there for you today. Start today. Um, Again, I was asking God how to illustrate this, and uh, I was at Starbucks, as usual, and uh, I know last week I talked a little bit about how God used Starbucks to kind of give me a really creepy encounter, but uh, I was at Starbucks this Saturday. I was sitting there at Starbucks, I got there early, bought my cheap drink, intending to spend another five, six hours, you know, to like, all right, God, give me your word, I'm, I'm, I'm down and within two minutes of me praying that prayer, the lights go off. There's a power outage. Right? So, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, all right, you know, I'm going to go online, see how long this power outage is is gone for, right? So, get this, right? So, we're in Whitby, and Whitby Hydro has this great sort of uh, interactive thing where it tells you where the power outage is and how long it's going to be. So, I'm there, and I'm, I'm scrolling, I'm zooming out into the map, I'm looking at where we are, and I kid you not, the power outage is just that plaza that I'm in. <laughs> like, there's a, ser- like, everybody, like, the lights, Sobies across the street, everybody's like, yeah, happy, happy Saturday shopping. Like, here we are, like, just that one little plaza. And I was like, God, really? Come on. I got, you know, I, I got a sermon to preach on Sunday, you know, I just want to finish this stuff up. And that's, again, when God hit me. If you've been to a Starbucks, you know it's noisy, right? There's the coffee grinders, there's the the cash registers, there's the blenders, there's the people talking, there's the hipster music going on at Starbucks and stuff like that through their playlists or whatever. All of that was gone. And all of a sudden, I sat there, and again, another possible creepy moment. I could hear everybody's conversations. I could hear what people were talking about. I could hear, that I wasn't listening, I'm not, like, not that creepy, right? But I'm just saying, like as you were there, right? all of a sudden, all that noise faded away. And I sat there, which probably looked really weird because I had my computer closed and I was just sitting at the table and I was just taking it in and I thought, my goodness. God, is that not what it's like that you're inviting us to turn off all the noise so that we may hear you? To turn off the noise in our life, because you invite us into this intimate friendship with us. What Paul's describing in this passage is this intimacy with God. He's not just saying he goes, I want you to do stuff. It goes, it's connected with 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 a life, what Jesus is saying about his sheep, know his voice, and that you do all these things. There's this space. And my challenge for you this morning is create that space. Create that space. So how does God speak? I'm going to wrap up with this. I'm going to go through this really quickly, and I realize that I mistakenly put up there, how do we listen? But really, it's how does God speak to us? If we create that space, right, if we come before God, how does God actually uh, communicate with us? Um, There's a book that was written by uh, several uh, Fuller Seminary uh, professors, and they came up with these these different ways and some of these ways are also ways that I've learned through uh, in youth when, when Elizabeth and Deb have kind of led us through these things um, the first and foremost way is the, the, the word God has communicated what he wants to communicate about himself through his word the character of who he is this, this stands as the, the be all and the end all, right? if you want to know who God is and who God isn't read the word uh, John Wesley, who uh, created this thing of how to know God's will and to how to understand, he created this thing called Wesley's Quadrilateral. It sounds like a math equation. And he said there are four things by which you could actually tell how God is communicating to you and what God's will is, right? The number one thing is the Word of God, right? The second thing is experience. The third thing is tradition. And the fourth one is reason. The rest of these things fall under those categories. But the scriptures stand alone. If you want to hear God, if you want to know who God is, you want to understand his character, dig into this. The second thing is prayer, conversation. Not just, hey God, here's my laundry list of things I need to do. Trust me, God already knows what you need. Have a conversation with him. I had friends who invited me and said, you know what, next time you, you talk to God, ask God questions. Don't just tell God what to do in your life, ask God questions, right? What does Paul say? Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all requests and all kinds of prayers, right? Ask God questions. I guarantee you he'll answer. The third one is godly counsel or godly community, right? Um, That's why you have people. I I can't tell you the number of times when I have gone to the elders or the elders have called me to actually help me out with some things that have gone on in my life. Even recently in my own personal life, something that they prayed for me, that, you know what, it it was so meaningful and, and it actually gave me joy and it gave me more assurance that I was on the right path, right? That's why you have people around you. Um, there's providential circumstances, right? There are things, if you read through Israel, I'm sure we could tell each other stories about how God has used experiences, whether good or bad, to guide our life to the point that we're in right now. Uh, I love this one, sanctified common sense. Uh, They explain it as God works through our reason in bringing us to a decision, even when God sometimes may be quiet. Right? God has given us this idea of, hey, you know what? Use your reasoning because I've given you that. I've given you the mind of Christ. Use that. Um, there's inner witness and inner peace. There's, for, for many of you, this is, this is one of those key things, right? When there's a decision at play, you always ask God because you know that God brings you peace. He speaks to you through peace, right? And if there's something that's just jolted in your spirit, that's not where you're going to go, um, this one, which I know is a little bit more controversial, but prophecy, words of knowledge and wisdom. I'll tell you, I, I, I wish I could, I could introduce you to some of my friends that I talk to, man. They would freak you out in a good way, right? Because when I go to them with certain things, I ask them, hey, you know what? I don't even tell them anything. I say, I just need prayer right now. And, and they have a gift where God's spirit just announces to them or shows them certain things of facts that no one else should know. Again, like I said, I know that this is controversial for, for a lot of people, but I, I, these are things that are spoken of in our, in our scriptures, right? Visions and dreams, right? Um, I, I have, uh, I have some, some friends who were, were uh, Muslims and one of the ways they came to Christ was through a dream that Jesus appeared to them and told them to go talk to a certain person and when they did, they were led to, to the saving knowledge of Jesus, right? Like, what do you, what do, you do with that, you, you know? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's there, right? God does that, that kind of thing. Just because it hasn't happened to me doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's there in the scriptures. And nature um, Again, like one of the, the, the greatest psalms that we know of, heaven's declare the glory of God. Uh, There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard, right? God, God speaks through the beauty of, of what he's done already. And then this one, which again is... Uh, is, is rare, but it, it, it's happened in, and it happens in scripture is heavenly visitation or what he, what they call the hand of the Lord when when God imparts something his presence in a way that's so real that he speaks uh, as if it was, was his, his standing there right there in front of him and, and saying, This you know I need you to do this right These are all the ways that people who, who have experienced and experimented with uh, with listening to God, have come to understand what it is to listen to God. I haven't experienced all of these, but I've experienced some of these, and I can tell you that the same invitation I just gave you is the invitation that God is calling you to be, to come into that space. There's a song I've been listening to, and I'm going to invite uh, the the band to come up to, to play. And I hope that through this song, as they sing it, that you could think through this invitation. This invitation to come and say, God, what is it that you want to say? And look through this list. Maybe he's speaking. When you come, get rid of the noise. God, what is it that you're saying? Find that space and see how God speaks and builds and fills your life with that. I had this image in my head when I was uh, praying for Forestbrook, for you guys. And I thought, God, what is it that you want Forestbrook to be known by? And I had this image. I would really love it if Forestbrook was not known for what we do. I know that sounds a little controversial and what we're against what we're trying to do. Hear me out for a second. I would really love it This is me speaking here. I would really love, and this is my prayer for you, that you would be known as people who hear from God and who are made by by hearing God. Amen.